Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and enjoying your way through the 50 most relevant players, at least in my opinion, for the 2022 fantasy footy preseason. Today, talking about a fascinating guy at number 22, Hawthorne's James Sicily. It's been a couple of days since we've had this panellist on the podcast. We had to get him back. I've got Kane. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well, MJ. James Sicily. We haven't been able to talk about him for a little while. I remember doing a podcast with you back in 2020. Yeah. We were saying to trade him before his buy because he was in such a good vein of form that he was as top dollar as you can ever get, especially in that super coach format. The stuff he was doing at that time, I think he'd just come off scores of 132, 149 and 164. Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, we know a couple of rounds later in round 12, back in 2020, he did have that ACL injury against West Coast. Yeah, We didn't see him for the rest of 2020, obviously. We nope. didn't even see him at all in 2021. Positive is... He's had plenty of time to rehab that knee. It's true. He's had plenty of time to hopefully, you know, ingratiate himself in Sam Mitchell's new look Hawthorne outfit. Yes. Um, obviously, Sam's had plenty of time over the years to think about how to best use Sicily because I think we all know as fantasy coaches, the usage of Sicily, like a lot of players, but maybe him more than others, mm. is a really important factor in what his scoring is. So I'm really excited to dive into him. He's a fascinating player for us to look at. 27 years of age. So he's a little older than you might have think. Just had a birthday a few weeks ago. Defender eligible. There's no 2021 data to look at. So we'll skip right past that. But you did allude to one of those really big monster scores that he's had earlier. His career score ever in Supercoach was in 2020. It was 163 against the Swans. Well, it was just a couple of years earlier in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team in 2018. It was a 135 against the Bombers. In Supercoach, Fantasy and Dream Team, because he did miss last year, he has been awarded a reasonably substantial discount. Uh, he's going to be priced at just under 450k in Supercoach, 510,000 in AFL Fantasy, and 473,700 dollars in Dream Team. You're right, Kane. He missed all of 2021 and big chunks of 2020 due to that ACL injury. But when James Sicily is at his best, this is the type of player we're dealing with. We will dive into his fantasy history in a second, but he is one of the best intercept players in the game the way he reads that ball in flight is just remarkable he finds a way to get third man up and really almost redefined that intercept role three four five years ago he's redefined what it means to be an intercept defender certainly it's now very much a jake lever league but he was almost kind of the leading indicator more so than even what Lever was at that time. He's an elite kick, a really good contested mark. The Hawks previously had loved getting the ball in, into his hands, rebounding out of 50. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But sometimes we just forget. And I know we've said that a few times throughout this podcast series came, but these guys that are coming back off injuries, sometimes recency bias, we just forget the elite quality of footballer that James Sisley is. And he absolutely is an elite footballer. Yeah, well, you mentioned it there. He's elite at two skills that, you know, personally, I think you want in the back half. 
you know, he's an elite interceptor, reads the ball really well in flight and can stop other people clearly scoring mm. by doing so. But also he's got this kick, you know, you, when you think of a Jake Lever, again, great interceptor, great defender, but that's not his other skill set to no. dispose of the ball and really create by foot. That's what Sicily can do. He can really bite off those kicks, execute those kicks that open up the game. So that's, you know, that helps him in multiple ways in fantasy. One, they're very happy giving him the ball. They're happy yeah. to do a sideways kick and let him observe and set up the play. And then we know from a super coach point of view, not only is he getting a boost for the intercepts, the defensive actions that he's doing, but when you're using the ball well, when you're hitting targets and you're launching scores, we know that super coach gold. And that's why you know, he does have usually a 10 to 15 point increase on his DT to his super coach. Yeah. And that's why he can produce these massive ceiling games, MJ, because when he's going well, when he's taking contested intercept marks, when he's launching these attacks, when he's spoiling, like there is legitimate ceiling, particularly in super coach, but even in, in DT, you know, there's, there's 120 plus scores. You think yeah. about, again, we know we can't wait for a couple of years and we don't have to look back at 2020, but hmm. in 2020 in the shortened games, he produced a 114 in DT. Like that's yeah. getting up, that's getting up 140 plus. Yeah, in the short and, and it's and yeah. it's and it's done exactly how you'd want a defender to do it. 17 kicks, 11 handballs, 14 marks. Wow, MJ, he didn't lay a tackle in that game, and he's produced a 140. <laughs> so that's the type of stuff that you go, okay, yeah, that's a guy that he's not just getting uncontested, easy sort of junk marks. The marks yeah. that you'd often say for players. You do worry about if they get any attention, and he has got attention. Yes, you know, you look at that Giants game, the round prior to dropping the one fourteen in twenty twenty, he got some attention from Daniel mm-hmm. Lloyd. So, so coaches, opposition coaches, know that he is a very damaging player, and yeah. that's where you get this insane volatility. Yeah. Now, the good thing is we're not paying at peak price. Now, that's clearly, right. we're not paying at peak price for some really key reasons that we have to address. You mentioned the ACL. We can't just expect a guy, and maybe he will get back to his best, but we can't just expect a guy to look and go, he's pretty much been an 85 to 90 DT guy the three years he's played previously, and he's been a 90 to 105 guy in Supercoach. You can't have that expectation, but when you've got the price that you're paying for built in, you don't have to. So how do you evaluate that risk? The other thing when you dive in deeper is like we touched on, some of these averages where he's gone at 105, there's games built in there where he has been swung forward. And he so scores terribly think, there. Yeah, and he scores really poorly. So if you look a little bit deeper and you go, geez, there's been seasons where he's gone half a year, 110. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reason, typically it's you know Hawthorne behind, chasing the game. We've got to kick goals. No point. Don't have a know. tall presence or we need yeah. some, some kind of X factor. We, we need some, exactly. We need an X factor. We need a game changer. And that's him. The thing that I hope when I look at the Hawthorne team, that gives me some encouragement that he can settle in defense as opposed in the forward line is I look at their, their guys that can play forward and you look at their tools as a whole, right? You've got yeah. Ben McAvoy, captain in previous years. Ruck forward yeah. at best. Yep. Yeah. Aging, you know, he's in his, low thirties now, then you start thinking about so who are some of the other guys that they could use? You know, we know they've got Lynch and Reeves. They're really pure rucks though, aren't they? Yeah, They're not really so. guys. Now, will they go a two ruck setup? We know McAvoy is very versatile. Yes. Can play on all three lines, but I look at some of the next gen they've got coming through. 
Mitch Lewis is currently 23. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got 36 games under his belt. Yep. Emerson Jekka, they gave a couple of games to last year. He's 20. Kazitsky got a couple of games last year. He's he's 21. And then they've got this guy, Jackson Callow, that all reports. Mid-season draft, yeah. Yeah, is, is really impressing in what he's going to do. So that's four guys that are 195 centimetres plus. It's a lot of tall forwards. On, yeah. It's a lot of tall forwards in an age bracket where you hope with the competition for spots in that team, mm. you can find two of them. And if you find two of them, you're away. You're in you're in pretty good shape. And also, MJ, they've got time to find them. Yeah. Like there's not a need to go, in my mind, let's get a 28-year-old because we've got a little bit more chance. Like you need to find another batch. You need to find another crew. Whereas I look in the back line and you go through and you know, you know, Granger Barras, high draft pick. Again, take some time, but he'll get there. Yeah, looks all the making, has a lot of the skills that um, Sicily has airily, which is great. But then you look at some of the others and you go, Hardigan and Frost. Now, Frost is 28. He's probably got a few more years. He can purely play that lockdown. Don't worry about the ball. Just worry about your man, one-on-one. And Hardigan can do the same thing. So they've got a couple there. But after that, MJ, there's not really anyone. There's no tall presence outside of those. Yeah, like a Will Will Day is, you know, he's, he's 189 centimeters. So he's on the taller side, but. You know, you look at his build, the way he plays. You don't want he him plays, playing he, that account. No, he role, plays more no. like a running player. So for me, I look at that team and I say, you settle this guy in defense. You also yep, throw in the ball on MJ. You've got the leadership of Gunston. You've got the leadership of Bruce. You hope they get some time to nurture these guys and, and they can still play some good footy, no doubt, especially if Gunston you know, has recovered from that injury that's kept him sidelined for much of the last few years. True. But I think if you're building that back line with the guy that's 27, you know, in Sicily. Yeah. You hope that a Granger Brass comes through. Frost is 28. Again, he plays a very yeah, specific gap role. For a little bit of yeah. time. Yeah. And, and, and you, you balance the list. So for mine, I don't see that need to throw him forward. Again, there's always a possibility in-game because he has sure. that skill set. You spoke about it with, with Ridley. When you've got versatility, whether it's you know playing in defense, a lockdown role or a rebounding role, or in Sicily's case, being a traditional swingman where yeah. you can just throw them forward, like that's always going to be part of his game. And that's always a big risk at any point in the season. It doesn't matter if he's, you know, the number one interceptor in the competition. If there's a game to be won, he's a chess piece that a coach can always 100%. use. So it's, it's a risk you're always going to run. Um, but again, at this price, it seems like at a minimum, if you're paying fifties, I feel like you're comfortably getting 20. You're getting well, 20 points upside. Now, is that enough is probably the bigger question. That is the bigger question. So in AFL Fantasy, he's priced with the discount there around the marker of the guys that are in that mid-50s range. So arguably in that format, that's the one where you probably feel the most comfortable, not just because you've got the two trades a week, use or lose, although Supercoach and Dream Team have had now an increase of their trades available to them. Uh, For me, I just look at that and go, man, if if you need that sort of mid-range guy, he's going to give you a 75 to 80 coming off the back of an ACL and with some uncertainties in that back line comfortably. So that format for me feels like a real simple equation. Dream team, a little bit more pricey, but not too much. He's in that low sixties again, very, very similar. And we'll talk about what are the markers and indicators coaches should look for to be able to confirm whether or not Sicily's their guy. And then it's the lower eighties in super coach again. He's historically a 100, 105 sort of guy in that format, where he's around about that 90 range, give or take a, a couple of spots in Dream Team and Fantasy. What I love about him is I don't see a world where they move him forward outside of the 
in-game variance, whether it be injury or dynamic, you're right. There are a couple of things that I think coaches have some level of concern about and because we could go through the 2018, 2019, 2020 scores and see massive tons, consistent tons, consistent 90s, consistent 80s. Um, but it's a new coach. It's a new era. And he's coming off the back of an ACL. We talked about it in the Jared Witts podcast. I think you might have been on it with, with me where we, we knew that there is always going to be a level of scoring regression for players coming off an ACL, um, especially key position players. Um, Sicily's not your pure key position player, but the thing that might give coaches some level of optimism is he was pretty much ripe and ready to go from October last year. So normally an ACL player is getting an interrupted preseason and finally getting right in this sort of time frame of the year. Whereas for Sicily, he's been injury-free throughout the whole preseason. So he's able to have that chance to build that continuity and confidence back into his body, albeit not in a pure AFL sense. I think the biggest uncertainty I have, Kane, I'm keen on your take on this, is how the heck does this Hawthorne backline look? Not just from a Tall's perspective, but last year they developed and emerged a couple of different guys that are all really interesting prospects. Giath almost took the Sicily role last year as the interceptor and as one of the key footballing distributors. He's a little bit more run and carry than what Sicily is, but he's through there. Jack Scrimshaw has always been mooted as the future Grant Birchall that came from Gold Coast as that beautiful left foot penetrating kick. Lockie Bramble was one of their kind of top-up players from last year that found a role across the back pocket and halfback. And fantasy coaches certainly remember him fondly last year with some really nice scores to the back of the year. Will Day, another really classy ball user that has been mooted to maybe move up onto the wings. But we've already talked about he's elite user by of the ball by foot. And, and then you've got a Jarman Impey, who again is another run and carry player coming back off a serious injury. But you've got kind of in this combination of six guys, all of them you probably would want to build a case to say, we would like them in our best 22. Then Sicily coming in, who's certainly the senior of them and arguably better at the marking and the kicking components. And that's no shade on those blokes. It's just a compliment to how good Sicily is. How is this mouths to feed approach? Could it work? Because that's the only hesitancy I really have about really committing to James Sicily. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of optimism in that group, MJ. You have, mm. have to be quite, you know, feeling quite good about that group if you're a Hawthorne fan. And, you know, they've a few of them have played across different lines. You know, we know yeah. he's spent time in the forward line in the past, you know, in his former time at Port Adelaide and even sometimes at Hawthorne. We know Bramble started there, then got that yeah. shift. So, um, personally, I don't think those type of things impact Sicily too much. Um, he's also never really been... Um, a dominant kick-in player. Mm, that's the thing that's that true. always worries you as well. You, you, you hate when there's a guy that has a lion's share, loses the lion's share. Like, you, you know, that's going to be a big issue. Whereas, you know, Hardwick has sort of always been that guy that takes a lot of the kick-ins. So, you know, maybe he could eat into that. Maybe he couldn't. Um, but I think for what he's actually done in the past, you're not really relying on the kick-ins. No. Um, I think, you know, this is a guy, James Sicily, that, as time for recording, there's discussion that he's in the mix for the captaincy. So That's true. this is a guy that, and again, you can't say this about a lot of guys at his price. He is best 22. He we is best that. handful at the club. So he is super important. Um, 
I've gone through what I believe is the depth they have in his position, and it's not great. I think no. they've got two stoppers in Hardigan and Frost. They've got a guy in Granger Barras who, you know, probably did at the junior level and what he showed at times last year, looks talented, but he's also his second season. So we can't yeah. expect a heat for him. No. Those other guys, I think they're the ones that are fighting each other out. You know, it's GF, it's Impey, it's Day, it's Bramble. Sure. And again, yeah. I think at their best, they're all in the team. Yes. Now, you can't have five running halfback flanks when we've already mentioned, you know, Blake Hardwick is also a lock in that team. So someone's going to have to find a new role. I don't think it's Sicily. Now, the hard thing with Sicily is, you know, when he was having those good seasons, you know, Hawthorne were a better team in terms of where they were on the ladder. Finals and things Um, like that. Again, some people might say, hey, Kane, North Melbourne won the spoon. Aaron Hall was one of the best players for the year. The ball is going to be coming in a lot. That's true. Maybe that helps. But again, it really does come down to game plan. And some of the stuff I've heard about Sam Mitchell is the desire to play attractive football. You know, he, he thinks that there is um, an importance on actually playing the game the right way. Obviously winning is really important, but from a fan point of view, from a spectator point of view, from just yeah. a football appreciation point of view, playing the right way. So for me, that doesn't lend itself to a ball possession, chip, chip, chip. Yeah. Um, but again, until you see it, until you see how it structures up. And clearly, if that happens, that game plan suits Sicily. Yeah, it does. It is, it is hard to make a living as a scorer if you're crashing into packs, taking intercept marks. Like, that's a big toll. You think about the guys that are the best defenders, Lloyd, Doherty in the past. Whitfield. You know, Whitfield. Like these outside. Space. You, you need yeah. some easy stuff because they're just not going to get the tackle count, MJ. If you're going to no. go against these mids that are – putting up anywhere between, you know, five to 10 tackles a game, mm. you know, you're 20 to 40 points off the pack to get to a hundred, you know, so you have to do it easier. So he has to have those mark games for mine. I think you put him at 20 to 30 points value. Yep. You leave him there and you think, okay, what else is going on? Can, yeah. can I find a guy cheaper that can score the same? Do you, do I need to find more cash and go above him and get to a guy that, might only be 15 points higher, but you know what? From what he's averaging now, he'll be a fringe top six. I, I think he's Those a guy that's variables, really yeah. safe where we sit right now before we've seen any JLT. We've barely even seen um, match sims coming out, all those sort of things. Yeah, I think you put him in the team. It's safe. You know you're getting some value. True. Um, I don't think you can have the expectation, though, and this is where it probably does come back to AF. Now, we know there's been some rule changes in the last couple of days that maybe do make it easier to move on a Sicily sure. um, and have him as a cash grab. And the good thing I will say about using him as a stepping stone is there is enough ceiling to mm-hmm. create enough cash. You know, you yes. think about if you can string together, you know, you think about a guy like Tex Walker last year played this role for a lot of people. That's right. The price did. range is is awkward. It's, it's an uncomfortable price range. And Sicily is, you know, is maybe a little bit more than that. but if you can go big, big, yep. you can generate 150K very quick in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And all of a sudden, not only have you netted some big points, you've Not also got some cash to play. And especially with Sicily, if you can get off at the right times, history <laughs> shows he will go up, he will go down. Yeah. So I think using your rule that just is so right for these type of guys, you have to start with him or leave him alone. If, he, yeah, if totally. you don't start with him and he goes 120, 120 to start the season, Maybe you have a chance to get on and ride it for a couple of weeks. Yeah, sure. 
but but then again, we always come back to MJ. Do you want to use a trade to bring the guy in? Oh, and then use a trade American. to have to trade him back out. So, yeah. and even if it's out with 120K up your sleeve, it just gets a bit messy for mine. So I think he's a guy that you feel pretty comfortable. It's going to be 70 plus in yep. DT. I know that doesn't sound super exciting, but I think what you're paying, it's okay. Yeah. There's a possibility for 80, 85. Yep, which would be in, awesome. In Supercoach, there's probably you know a floor of 80. Which is what you're paying for now. Yeah. Five ninety nine. Yeah. So I think it just feels like it's a nice placeholder. It's not going to ruin your structure. You've got an no. option there to, to move up or down. Yeah. Um, I agree. But it's, it's, it is really hard when you've got a guy with proven history. And big ceiling. This, and big ceiling, but we do have this injury. So that's where your risk appetite, you know, can you convince yourself of someone else is probably more what I'm saying. Is there yeah, someone you can true. go, you know what? For this range, I like this. Like he's going up against your Rouse, your Caldwell's MJ, isn't he? At that when you think about that, is. yeah. So that's where you you got to compare across all lines. Like we say, like in a salary cap game, it's not just one for one back v back. Not at all. It's this and that. So I think he's a guy that you feel comfortable with. You watch the preseason, and again, like most things, the cows will determine where how many of these guys you can have. That's right. Uh, but I think you have to watch. You can't be turned off. Again, some people put a line through him because of the ACL and that's cool. I think when you have value that it's created like this and he's in the 50s and 60s and he's best 22, um, you yeah. just keep your ear to the ground and see um, and maybe just have a bit of a backup plan if things go pear-shaped in terms of an injury or some word up. But for now, I haven't heard anything that says put a line through this guy and I haven't no. heard anything that says you know, best best shape ever, dominating this, dominating that, intercepting role, we'll take kick in. Like, you know, you start ticking those things, you start yeah, watching for that's those what things. You're looking and for. All we can do is talk about the information we have at the time. And, you know, we're not going to just be stubborn. If they come out and say struggling, well, we change. If we they move. You, say you look to fire, the Hewitts. You look to yeah. the others. You do that stuff. Yeah. No problem changing our mind. We do it all the time in fantasy. But for right now, what we have, scoring history, tick ACL, yeah. And a guy that, as we speak, is doing everything asked of in the preseason. Yeah, that's all we can absolutely expect from him right now. So it'll be fascinating to see a continued strong preseason. We'll absolutely have him right in the equation for starting squads across all the formats. Drafts are interesting uh, about where he goes. He's he's certainly got some scoring volatility, and, and injuries do drop people away. And not everyone drafts off rankings and tiers. There are some that just draft purely off projected averages that formats might supply. And so everybody and every coach has a different drafting strategy. Historically, he was a D1 in Supercoach and, and a D1, D2 in Dream Team and Fantasy. You're not going to have to draft him at these points, although... If you get lucky, he could absolutely return back to those heights. I think if you really want James Sicily, like you're desperate to own him this year in drafts, D3 is about as late as you can wait on him. D4 is, for me, the sweet spot of if he fell in my lap at D4, I would be very happy to take him at that point. But if you go, no, I want to own Sicily this year, that's okay. D3 is where you got to go for him. So that's kind of right towards the back of those single digit rounds, maybe around 10, 11, 12, if, depending on how it works. But somewhere in there, the, the late 9, 10, 11, that's the space that if you really want that D3 and you want it to be Sicily, he won't slide to too many D4s. Where are you taking him on draft, okay? 
Yeah, these guys, these type of guys, they're always interesting from a draft strategy point of view because yeah. the downside is you actually can really replace these guys off the waiver wire. Like if you're getting him at a D3 MJ, if you're saying, you know, just say he's in that 25 to 30th defender range, the upside is that he nearly pushes into a top 10 defender. If things really click and he's going 90, you know, he's up there with your shorts and your Dawson's and these type yeah. of guys. So as you said there, the, the key is your timing of it. If you can get him and you put the number at say, and this is where it's a bit different for draft, I'd probably put the number about 80 because if he, if he struggles for, for an injury point of view or if he just tapers off to a 70, he's still usable on the field. And with the volatility of his scoring and how most leagues are set up now to, to handle COVID and schedule changes, it's very easy to loophole him with someone yeah, else. It is. And we always talk about, it's not hard to find defenders that can give you a 65, 70, especially with the way these matchups shake out. So I'd rather take him a little bit earlier and think, well, if it all clicks and he just ticks along beautifully, I could get an 85, 90 guy. And if it goes pear shape, well, it's not really a massive deal because I can get a 65, 70 off the waiver wire or worst case, I'm loopholing him. I'm playing him and another guy with the matchups, loophole, you know, Hopefully I cop the hundreds. Hopefully I can maybe avoid some of the thirties or forties. Um, that's where you do have to favor upside a bit. Yeah, because if true. it comes out, you know, you want to win. That's where I think with salary cap, we get a bit safe, safe, safe. I'll manage it in my trades. I'll shake it out. Yep. Whereas in draft, you know, the goal is the goal is to win. So yeah. you have to weight upside a bit higher. You have I to agree. weight the guys that can win it for you. And if you can get this guy when other people are taking 75 to 80 defenders. Yeah, it's true. And you think they're, you know, I'll use a guy who I think most people would think he's sort of a boring sort of guy, but he does get it done. You know, Darcy Byrne Jones. Yeah. Now he's shown a history of it, but I think at this stage people feel, yeah, he's he's a 70 to 80 most weeks. Yep. Like that's where I'd go, you know what? If it clicks to Sicily with these, with these kick-in rules, you didn't really have much of a chance with that. Yeah. Like, you take the upside and mm-hmm. you know that if he gets injured, I'll oh, find something on the wave wire. It's not a big deal. So yep. I think you have to keep in mind these type of guys that can win it for you and can improve um, to just take them a little bit earlier. Because if it does click, you know, you're on your way. You're, you yeah. really are on your way. Yeah, it's very, very true. Hey, mate, appreciate your work today as we've talked about James Sicily. No problem, MJ. If you want to go and read the article on him or any of the other players revealed so far in the 50 most relevant, it is online now for you at coachespanel.tv. you got articles dropping every single day through this 50 most relevant and a bunch of other stuff. There's some team reveals, some cash cow analysis, all the updates of the ultimate footy positions. You can go and check them out while you're there. Everything you need this preseason, we got you covered. Coachespanel.tv. Tomorrow we venture one step closer in to really ending the 20s and the final few weeks of the 50 most relevant. Tomorrow at number 21, I got a guy who's one of the most popular players across all the formats. Chances are, if you are to open up your team right now, you've got him in your side. He's relevant. You don't get to the number 21 without being relevant. But there's a lot of unknowns about this player. And chances are, even though you own him, you've still got... Some pretty big question marks. Who is he? I'll tell you tomorrow in the 50 Most Relevant.